Hi everyone, welcome back to The Other Thinkers. I'm Shan. And I'm Rachel. How are you doing today night? Well, tonight, Rachel. Tonight. Um, I We are just on the last leg of our COVID carousel. So if anyone Ugh. has been telling you that like COVID is gone, they're fibbing to you. Um, oh, I'm sorry to hear. And that sounds dreadful. You it, had the whole family through it? Yeah. Well, yeah, it was me last week when we were recording with Jess and then then baby Reed and then now Vincent and um yeah so it's been a full like two and a half weeks of being gone from work it's a little stressful oh I'm really sorry to hear that really really sucks oh everybody recovering though no I think I think we're getting there yeah you're getting there we're okay, getting a few more there. days and then Vincent is out of the clear yeah I think so okay. it will it will be good then what about you how's the fam the family's great. Uh, you know, my son behaves like a client nowadays. He's just, you know, he either gets what he wants, so he has a tantrum. So, <laughs> I thought I thought French kids didn't have tantrums. Maybe is it the German coming up? What made you think that? I mean, we literally <laughs> cut our king's head. So I don't oh, know what yeah. hint at the fact that we will not have tantrums. I, I don't know where that comes from. I don't know. There's some like whole french parenting book that was very popular 10 years ago but anyways we digress mm. i think you and i are both very excited about yes. tonight's talk, topic or at least especially me we did you get a, yeah, especially me <laughs> we got we got a uh dm request on twitter which i'm like still lucky we're lucky that it's still on my phone but it was around what how would we start an agency in today's um day and age. And I think Ian Barnard asked a lot of like detailed questions around this. How would you do it? Is there a strategy or an approach you would use? How would you stand out from the competitors? Would you stay small or try to create the next WPP? I mean, all great questions. And because I know I can wax philosophical on this endlessly, oh, really? I would rather hear Shan's perspective on this first, knowing that, you know, names don't matter. Just call it anything. Call it kelp. Well, <laughs> that's right. Um, <laughs> um, I, I, funny enough, I'm, I'm going to start on a slightly counter note here. It's, I probably would not start an agency. Would probably be my first guess um, in terms of you know my my instinct. And it's funny though because I've always had this thing of like if I was to start a business, I would not start an agency. And when we started Kelp two years ago. I didn't want to start an agency for a variety of reasons. I don't like the business models of agencies. I just, you know, the scalability is a bit shitty. And I think the relationship to customers is something that I've always struggled with. Mm -hmm. um, and so starting an agency, I think, is uh, is hard. But at the same time, you know, I've I founded a business now. And, you know, you in there. And, and there is definitely a part of you. It's just like, that's, that's a muscle you've trained a lot. And it's tempting to go and set up an agency. And so it's crossed my mind. Like, what if I was to set up an agency? What would I do here? differently I, I it's i i don't think there's much that hasn't been done differently at this stage there's been so many variations and so many attempts and it always starts with like we do things differently um and i think that's complicated i, th I think for me would i have to start from a place of what i want to be focusing more on on the energy i want to bring to this industry I think this is important for people who want to set up an agency. And I'm thinking of this plural, by the way. I think it's probably healthier to start an agency with more than just yourself. doesn't have to be. But generally speaking, I think it's good to have a band of people who just have similar ideas or even similar ideals about what marketing should be about. And, you know, the beauty of it when you start is I, I feel it's like you, 
the world is kind of your very hard to open oyster, but it's still your oyster. As in, like, there's plenty of potential customers out there, and you're not, you know, you're not shackled yet by what a big corporation, a big agency network has to do, which is kind of cater to all sorts of demand. You can still be what you want it to be to an extent. And so, you know, you should look up the people that we look up to, you know, people like, you know, Uncommon, I think, is has come mm-hmm. up in the past. They've been very successful. They sold. Uh, we can talk about that because I think selling or not is a question for a mm-hmm. founding agency. Um, but, you know, I think this this idea, you know, grounded in, you know, a sheer desire for creativity, I think is interesting. Um, so I, I I think that that a sense of ideals is very important. I think the chip I have on my shoulder, though, and I'm curious how you feel about this, Rachel, is like, I actually don't think strategy is that important anymore. Um, and I know it's very provocative things to say, or it's kind of a weird thing to say. Maybe it's just, you know, my uh, my uh, inf- inferiority complex or just, you know, my imposter syndrome thing. But I I feel like, you know, I'd be the the, the least important will in the, in the thing here. I'd rather have a very strong creative mind and a very strong business networking person to go and set an agency than having a strategist at the heart. I think at the, at the end of the day, you know, for the type of work we do, I'd rather be working hard to to uh, basically champion a very creative-focused ideal. Mm-hmm. And so I think this is where, you know, I'd, I, I, the very first thing I'd probably do is try to find partners to do this with. That would be yeah. my very, very, very first step because I know on my own I will get nowhere. I could freelance, I could do a mini consulting thing, but for what I really want to do with this aspect of, you know, challenging a bit more, having creative bravery in what we do. And, you know, that's the part where I could not do it alone. So that aspect of finding the right folks is really step number one as far as I'm concerned as a strategist. No, I, I agree. I think the number one question, if you are starting start, starting a business, starting an agency, starting a consultancy, whatever, is have a good idea of who you want to start it with. Now, I, I will caveat like a couple of things. One is I will be the first to admit that Proto was not necessarily my idea. It was a pre-existing sort of like group within our GA. And then I sort of got added into it um, sort of midway as the company was forming. So I did get a lot of influence on some of the structures, but it wasn't like I had like hand picked my partners. There have been also previous instances where I had considered going independent earlier in my career. I had multiple individuals ask me to start businesses with them. There was one that I got really far down the line with, but ultimately I didn't have the confidence at the end of the day to make the, the jump, even though they, they did. And, um, I think the, the very first question you should ask is like, who am I going into business with? Because it is, as serious a relationship that I would take as a a marriage. You need to be able to trust your business partners very um, completely. And I think you have to have a very deep alignment around and understanding around what each of you bring to the table. If anyone ever wants to talk about some of like the brilliant business basics, there's things in there too that are like, somebody should always be a 51% owner. Even if you're starting with a, a partnership, you should have a understanding in advance of who's making key decisions, those kinds of things. Um, I think you definitely need to have like a core understanding of what like your service offering is and what your go-to-market strategy is going to be. Um, 
I think that like one of the things, and again, considered this when it was going to be smaller than some of Proto's decisions, but, you know, I very much felt like there's two ways to primarily create relationships um, and really accelerate growing a business. And that is, you know, you either need to have an anchor client that is going to be like 80% of your funds and you use that to build everything off the back of, or you have a very steady sort of pair-based freelance business for a couple of years until you start to get a name for yourself and build a portfolio. One takes a lot longer than um, the other. But I think like a great example of an agency that had an anchor client that has accelerated sort of based off of the back of that is arts and letters. Like Charles Hodges used to work at Google as an ECD in the creative lab. Lo and behold, who was their first primary client, but a lot of Google's home products. So like they had a very steady business pipeline to start and then we're able to use that to anchor the rest of the growth of their business on and at least what I questioned at the start for me was as a strategist did I feel like I could pull a client that's going to sustain us on you know a, a book of work that could support a bunch of other people I mean it's a that aspect of business is very un, often underestimated by folks mm-hmm. um, even on the freelance side mm-hmm. having a a Rolodex of people you can call up or relationships with folks that you can really, they, they rely on you and they really see you as a trusted person is not easy to have. It's not easy to build. And even when you have it, it's not always easy to transfer. There's a lot of dynamics at play in terms of, you know, clients staying with one or the other. Or you could be, I mean, sometimes there's non-competes that make it impossible for you to bring any customers with you, which, you know, is kind of fair enough. Um, and so it's it's important to get it right and it's not easy to get right. And this is a part where as a strategist, it's always hard, I find, because we're not always the ones that have those types of relationship. Um, sometimes we do, but it's not always easy to have that. We're not always the most exposed um, to the clients and to own fully that aspect of how the financials have been negotiated, that level of trust as a as a business owner, if you will. So I think it's it's very important to have in your roster someone who has that networking ability or has the built-in network. If it's too great, but if it's not, you need somebody there. Um, another thing is, you know, you talk a lot about, you know, choosing people you get in business with. I mean, I'll say that as a um, co-founder, um, it is hard. I mean, you know, it's just like finding, like everyone we started the business with were always in great terms. But even through that, you know, there are tensions, there's legalities that come into play, there's ownership. You, you really, really find out some of the relationships um, as you do that, it is a bit like a, it's kind of a forced marriage to an extent, mm-hmm. um, I would say. Um, and you really have to, you, you're going to have to be ready to go into battle together for quite a few things. And I've had a short stint of this uh, when I set my business. So who you work with, you need to have, to have those work ethos and shared beliefs in terms of how to work. And I think that's one of the reasons why many of the successful agencies are spinoffs. There are people who knew and worked together. It's a group of folks, business lead and a creative and a strategist or whatnot, who came from the same agency and work together, enjoy working together, have a desire to do something a bit different. Maybe they have a vision that is different or they just want to make more money on their own without having to give everything back to the holding company. But generally speaking, it is a it can be an advantage. That being said, it's not always a guarantee. 
-hmm. you can also start with people you work with and realize dynamics are very different because then you're not colleagues anymore. There's going to be a CEO. There's going to be like, you know, there's new hierarchical structures that can kick off. And so that aspect, you know, even then can make things complicated. Um, so I think it's, it, funnily enough, I, the whole like, you know, do you need to have like a belief system that, you know, has your, what frameworks do you want to apply as an agency? I don't think that matters that much. I really think it's going to be a lot more down to chemistry with you, with the customers you have, the drive, the kind of work that makes you excited because you will be hungry at first. You'll want to do work, right? You don't have a vision of what you need to do, but you need to get revenue in to make the thing running. And so that chemistry between people is probably the first thing. And I think for me, if I was to ever set up an agency, it'd be because I've met, I've found the chemistry to go and deliver that. Mm -hmm. I do think though, there is something to be said about doing a differentiated process and product. So I'll use work and co as a good example, cause they spun, spun out of huge, but they like part of why they spun out of huge is they were frustrated by a lack of following of like proper agile practices. And they found a lot of great success doing sort of like embedments with clients. So they do like co-location with client. You have, you have a guaranteed like partner engaged at, at every level. Um, and so I do think that some of those are the types of things mm. that, especially while you're like small and starting key decisions that you need to make around, um, around just how you're going to operate. And I think use that, use that to your advantage and make some of it your, your calling card. I've always been, and I've said this in multiple episodes of this podcast, a, a fan of using your name as something that is going to differentiate you or talk a little bit about the type of work that you're going to do. Um, Graham North recently founded a, a firm that's called Nice and Frank, um, which is sort of like describes how you're going to work with them and the type mm -hmm. of feedback that you're going to get with them. Uh, again, we've talked about Uncommon before, which set a real like ambition for the work. Preacher talks about... Um, you know, spreading the good word, co-collective, very much talked about those collaborative processes. I'm always um, amazed by your, how erudite you are by the agency landscape, by the way. <laughs> I, no, I mean, I just like, I, I'm a student of the game. So like mine, and, and I know that we did Proto because Proto was, again, a like different intersectional yeah. approach that we were doing. But when we were talking about creating a strategy studio early on, I wanted to call it Barnacle because it like attached mm. to like larger projects all the time. So it was like, it's like small, we handle tough projects and like we kind of like stick along with you on, on your uh, big things that you want to do. Uh, anyways, we'll never be able to do that. Five, like long time dream. But, um, but yeah, I was always like a big fan of creating things so that then you could have... Um, specific ways that clients could come and interact with you. But that's not, I think you also need to be really aligned with your partners on what your long-term destination is. I feel like, do you want to stay a studio? Do you want to scale? And if you do want to scale and become a next Accenture, WPP, whatever else, those are completely different operating models that I think are less about the work and more <laughs> and more about um more about like ways to engage yeah i mean for me when i think of because that was part of the questions that ian was asking us was you know do you, do you try to stay small and niche or do you try to create the next wpp i think at this stage if you want to try 
to be the next WPP, you mostly have a financial construct in mind more than an agency in mind. Yeah. And I think, you know, you have to be very clear. And I don't think an agency, agency founder at heart is set out to go and build an XWPP. I don't think they even have a desire to do that. I think that's the, the basically you'd be trying to build what they're trying to go against. And that'd be a bit weird. Um, <laughs> so I don't, I don't know if that's the, if that's an easy one, but I, I think, you know, going to private equity, if that's what you want to do. That's mm-hmm. probably going to be a more interesting area for you to go. Yeah, I, I think, you know, you're, you're, you're definitely right that there needs to be a frustration at the, at the birth of any new business or venture, I feel, if you don't have a frustration with the way things are done, I mean, you can succeed, don't get me wrong, but I think mm-hmm. it's a different drive. And, you know, you describe it as like, you know, a belief system or frameworks or system. You can have any of those formats. I think it just at the heart. It needs to be simple things that you know who your enemy is or the mm-hmm. things that you think are not being done the right way. That will help you in the beginning. I think you will probably pivot at some point, though. That's the interesting part for me. And, you know, I let's be clear, like an uncommon setting to have asked for me is, is a form of pivot. I know that they like to think it's a way to scale to the U.S. And, you know, I don't want to sound like um, downplaying, but they're setting to have us. Um, you know, have us is not necessarily the... I don't want to often people here, but like, it's not the creative ethos for me that the uh, uncommon has. Mm-hmm. Uh, the same way I think, you know, a draw guy in Accenture is doing okay, but it's not like they found the home where they just fit everything well. And so, you know, that aspect of how you're going to be pivoting, and I think it's normal. I mean, I don't make any judgment of it. I think it's just like at some point you realize you want to grow a business. And what it means to grow the business means starting to pivot into slightly more nuanced things or maybe a little bit less niche in how you do it without necessarily truly losing your DNA, but you're going to start, it's like, yeah, it's, it's DNA. Your DNA is mixing up with the others and that's going to have you with a, you're going to have a child basically together and the child is going to replace you at some point. That is the reality of being acquired the way you are as a, as a small agency. But that frustration needs to be there. Yeah, and I, th- I think not only the frustration, but I think you also have to identify specifically work that's going to be bought because I think the challenge that some individuals run into when they first found their companies is like, they're like, everybody needs to be thinking about the real problem. Like, let's just talk about, for example, the diaspora of like organizational design as a practice, right? Everyone was like, the problem is not necessarily the strategy. The higher level problem is actually the lack of um, foundational, like organizational structures being set up to successfully realize the strategy. So they're trying to address the higher level problem, but like, there's no RFPs for that. It took a very long time for that market to mature. And in the meantime, quite a few of the individuals who are running those agencies like ran into some serious frustration or blended into more brand and strategy work in things like purpose, vision, mission statements, which um, yes, are highly valuable to the company, but again, oftentimes come from a a, a different space. So I would also make sure to temper your ambitions for the work that you're trying to do with what you feel is, again, achievable and work that you can actually like concretely sell to people. I think that's a brilliant part too about what a lot of like design studios used to do. So I'll give a good example in moment which got acquired by Verizon but they they could have decided to be both like an end-to-end shop so do strategy design and delivery but they only 
focused on the end-to-end design aspect. They said, yeah. you know, we're happy to hand off to technical partners. We're happy to partner with your strategists. And they do, of course, like design strategy exercises. But I think like putting firm boundaries around like what is viable <laughs> and what you want your capabilities to be, I think is a really um, critical it is important. Well. I, by the way, one way to get it without having necessarily very strong views on anything, one of the way starting an agency is being described in the investor sphere is you're choosing a lifestyle business. Like if you wanted to build a real business, you would not go into the agency consulting business because the multiples are not high enough for any investors to go and give you money, generally speaking. And so that aspect of choosing a lifestyle business where you might decide to have more like running your own pace, being your own boss and having a few projects where you go, maybe you do that with another partner or two mm-hmm. and you organically grow this is another way to get there. And I think, you know, that aspect also is going to be sometimes a big driver and it, maybe you don't have a plan set out for what the future will look like, but as you grow your business, your lifestyle business, where you're your own boss with a couple of other folks or one other person is also a way to, to, find your footing and just is and to your point you will gravitate around business being happening and i mm-hmm. i've met plenty of not necessarily huge shop but decent shops where somebody was just wanting to you know go do their thing not having their boss anymore just start with a couple of clients see where the wind blows and over time kind of shape something i think there is no shame whatsoever in and if seeing how you, as you evolve where the business is going what you should be doing it's one of the fundamentals of marketing is being market oriented and so that aspect of understanding also what people want to buy as you grow your thing organically um, will lead you naturally sometimes to making decisions as to how you want to set yourself up. But business matters. So so just one, one word of caution around growing organically, which is like you should just do some regular pruning is maybe not the right term because you don't want to hire, hire people and fire people. But what it's, is pruning? Pruning is like when you trim a tree so that it grows the way that you want it to grow or you have okay. like hedgerows or those types of things, yeah. like a bonsai tree. Sure. Um, but I just, I would have an eye towards how you want to be organizationally structured so you don't end up with something wonky. So again, some good examples of this for like companies that I think scaled very well and do work very effectively are like, Sylvain, which for a very long time had a very flat structure, like very much a pyramid, right? There was Alain, mm-hmm. there was a couple of directors, and then there was like a lot of basically strategists underneath. The other way to do it that I've always really admired is, of course, Pentagram, which basically has a partner who's responsible for their own P&L, and then like essentially like a little pod of designers, and they're all responsible for their own books of work and business. And so, um, like a, like if new business comes into a partner essentially pitches it with that team, that team gets bought those, those types of things. And like, those are very deliberate and very important ways to structure your company. Cause it's something that can easily trip you up as you start to get to like, there's break points, right? There's getting to 15, getting to 30, getting to 75, and then getting to like a hundred, like all of those breaks are really important moments when you have to like think about and put structure uh, in place. Anyways. Let me uh, close with a question. <laughs> uh, Rachel, yeah, I mean, you co-founded one to an extent. Um, you went back to a client side. Um, if you were to build a business next, would you build an agency? Or would you build something different? 
now that you've been through the different experiences? I don't know. I, I, I don't like, it's hard to say. Part of me always loves a studio model. And like, mm-hmm. I loved a studio model when we were starting Proto. Part of me also looks at like what Katie Dreeke is doing, where mm-hmm. she's just like dipping in her toe on advising on some like really great projects, sometimes embedding part time. And like, that's amazing, too. So I don't know. I'm, I'm I like too much optionality in my <laughs> life to to force myself in any one direction. But I don't think I would go straight agency, straight consultancy mm. out the gate. Fair enough. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Rachel. Thanks, Ian, for the question. Always appreciate it. Uh, again, uh, you can slide into our DMs. And I tell you, it even works if you don't have the app. You can use the mobile browser like I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, well, we'll speak to you next week, Rachel. Looking yeah. forward to that. Hopefully, you'll be fully recovered by then. Yeah, fingers crossed. I'll stop muting and coughing. But Shan, always good to see you. And thank you, listeners. And thank you for the question, especially when I was so excited about. So um, feel free to send us any more you guys might have. Awesome. Have a good week. Bye-bye. All right. Bye, everyone.